just just hit the record and let it flow. Regular flow, sports back. What's happening? What's happening? Hey, how's, how's the weather down there, man? You guys getting slammed yet? Yeah, we got slammed a little bit, not as bad as I thought we would. And that's <clears> typical <throat> for Jacksonville, but it probably was a lot worse down in Tampa, you know, Tampa area, which is on the west side of Florida, the Gulf side. But we got the winds and we had a little bit of rain. The rain came in last night. So after the show, I was going for my little run. And <laughs> <laughs> I was out there running. Wasn't quite feeling it. Yeah, on the way back, then it comes down. Since I'm so far from home, I was like, you know what? Just eat it. I mean, I expected it anyway. So it wasn't mm. such a big deal. You know, coming back, I walked back, you know, allegedly cooling off when it was really being lazy. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I got I have some customers in, in Jacksonville area and they were just MIA today. This morning they sent a couple emails. I replied. I was waiting for an answer. Send a follow-up email, nothing. I'm like, well, let me call. Man, the phone just rings and rings. I'm like, oh, they broke camp. So Yeah. Yeah, um, people were taking precautions. They know better here in Jacksonville. Take precautions if you're in Florida, whether North Florida or South Florida, anywhere in Florida. When those hurricanes come, it's typically something serious. Luckily for Jacksonville, they haven't been hit by a direct hurricane in years. I mean, decades. Blowing of the hurricanes. Back in the 60s. But we do get those out of bands, and we do get a lot of wind. There's still a lot of damage when it happens. And I remember just a few years back when downtown was underwater, and that was just insane to me. Um, bro, that was something else. You know, all the time I've been here over 20 years now, I had never seen anything like that, but that's what you could expect. And it happens often down in South Florida. Right. Yeah. Well, man. hopefully it's not too bad, man. Oh, no, it's not. Well, you know what? Knock on wood, you know, because I said whether it was going to rain or not or whether the wind was blowing, I was going to do the run anyway. And, um, well, yeah, I got a little bit of it. Not too bad. Today's not a running day, just a strengthening day. So I think there's still something out there because – Hurricane season is still going to be here until December or November 30th. So and hey. you can try uh, improving your strength, hanging on to a tree while the wind's blowing. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> true. While that wind is blowing, I, I get to hang on to some of the trees, you know, and just build a little bit of that uh, that inner strength. Seriously. I mean, running against the wind, I mean, that should help out. I mean, uh -huh. I'm hoping when this, when this half marathon does come by in December, that you know, obviously the wind shouldn't be there, but all the work I did in the summer in this heat, and then some of the work I did while the rain was coming down and some of this wind prepares me for something like that when it's supposed to be a little bit more placid when December comes. But anyways, we're back here to right. do a sports talk, but in the meantime, have the conversation. One day, one day, one day, one day. Yeah, one day for you. Nebraska is about <laughs> to get it on. But you know what? They're about to get it on with Minnesota. And it's an intriguing game because, I don't know, P.J. Fleck has done something with his Minnesota team, so they're a lot better typically than what they would normally be going into a season. But now with Matt Rule, his first year in Nebraska, this is going to be something. I mean, we don't know exactly what to expect from him. We almost have an idea what to expect from Minnesota. But really, I mean, <clears throat> a, lot of, a lot of question marks there. I'm thinking that Nebraska is going to have the upper hand for the overall season. For this game, it's still an experiment for both teams. Right. We'll we'll see how Rule comes out his first game, how the, the players come out. 
But what I'm looking for are the uh, back-breaking plays that uh, continuously happen under Scott Frost. I was at the Michigan State game a couple years ago when their defense was just dominating, and I think they were up Mm 17-13. And the whole punt team went to the right, and the punter kicked it to the left. (laughs) Their guy basically ran straight down the sideline, got one block, and scored the touchdown, and they ended up losing. I mean, Michigan State's office wasn't doing anything, but that's typical of what happened under Scott Frost. You know, things like that. You know, I still can't get over what happened with Scott Frost there because he did have the pipeline to Florida, which I believe still has a whole lot of high school football players that go other places and make them better. He he really helped out a lot. Now, when you look at it, he didn't really build what was there at Central Florida. It was George O'Leary, and he did it with George O'Leary's players and added some players later on, and they got worse and worse. But I was surprised that Nebraska didn't come back because Tom Osborne, did a lot of the same thing. He came to Florida. He brought some of the better players in, and it helped him win a national championship, and it helped him dominate college football when he did. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things. I know you don't watch Nebraska as much as I do, but they they had trouble snapping the ball sometimes. You know, Adrian Martinez was getting the ball at his feet or three feet over his head. He's having to run and just fall on it or try and make a spectacular play while four defenders are chasing them. I mean, how are you a Big Ten team, uh, want to be powerhouse, and you can't find somebody to snap the ball? Especially I mean, at Nebraska, who's known for ridiculous. the offensive line. It is, it, that's just another example of Scott Frost failing. Now, um, can't snap the ball, can't protect, can't uh, have a pocket for the quarterback. Just certain things, you know, offsides, uh, false starts. I mean, there was just no discipline for Scott Frost teams, and that's the most disappointing thing. I mean, if you're if you're outgunned by the other team, they they have more athletes, better talent. Tip your hat. But if you're consistently outcoached, or not even outcoached, your players are making bonehead mistakes. That's coaching. So yeah, they're getting outcoached, and that happened all the time under Scott Frost. You know. I believe his record was like three and nineteen in in one score games or something, something ridiculous. Like you couldn't lose sixteen games if you're trying to lose them. And you know, you, if somebody said, "All right, I got twenty two games. I'm gonna try and lose uh, sixteen of them or nineteen games, whatever," and, and you would win some by happenstance. I I don't know. It's Scott Frost. I'm glad he's gone. Um, so I'm looking for rule to clean up the garbage, mm-hmm. have some discipline out there. And if they're disciplined, uh, they they can play with Minnesota, no doubt, no doubt. And, and not only play if 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 they they're disciplined, don't make mistakes, don't beat themselves. They should win, and they should definitely cover that seven point spread. But it's a road game, you know. It's a road game. It's a Big Ten game. So and it's still the first game of the season. Both teams will have kinks to work out and try to get things together. So many new parts, especially for Nebraska with a new head coach to go along with it. At least PJ Fleck has some pieces that are returning, and he still has you know the benefit of being home. And, and he's done well since he's been in Minnesota in terms of bringing a solid team in. You know, and, and at least in the early going, making things work. 
And I think Muhammad Ibrahim was their guy for the past several years running the ball. And now you have to come in with some new running backs. And I think they did exactly that. You know, I mean, they bring in Darius Taylor, and he's a, a freshman running back. Now, of course, you don't really want to rely on a freshman running back, but he's coming from Michigan, and you know, did over had over two thousand yards in his senior year. And he's a two hundred and ten pound fire plug of a running back that seems to fit that model of what Minnesota's kind of built over the years. I mean, if you just look back several years, you can talk about Lawrence Maroney when he was there. You know, and Marion Barber, those two guys ran together and ran well for Minnesota. So I think you got some 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 benefit of that kind of thing being a possibility now for um for Minnesota in the backfield. Sean Tyler's another one who's there. You know, he'll be the one coming. He transferred from Western Michigan. He's going to be their leading rusher to go into the season until this true freshman probably shows that he can either be part of the duo or a sufficient backup. But either way, it's going to be a great game, I think, because of Matt Rule and the new team that he has. And he has new parts he has to bring in uh, that he has brought in. Jeff Sims coming from Georgia Tech from here in Jacksonville. Come on, we're pumping it out there. Sandalwood High School. And I remember when he was at Sandalwood High School, a four-star quarterback, also an elite 11 quarterback. And, you know, he, the best one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks and if you're going to Georgia Tech, that's always a good thing. Now you're at Nebraska. But I think going by what I've seen him do, he can do more than just that option thing. He can be a legitimate dual threat quarterback where he can run effectively and he can read defenses. With three years of experience at Georgia Tech coming to Nebraska, and as long as he can get that offense down, I think they got something going on at that, run, that quarterback spot. I hope you're right. Um, he, he looks good in, in camp, but you know, it's camp, you're playing against yep. your own team, just and whatnot. um, but also Nebraska's defense is going to be a 3 3 5, so that's going to be interesting. Um, we'll see how it, how it goes tomorrow night. You just gotta yeah. wait and see. And what's going on in uh, Nebraska? I know in the secondary, they've had some issues, you know, that I think some players that got thrown off the team. Because I think, you know, Matt Rule is laying down the rule. He's not, he's not putting up with the nonsense. He's getting guys out of there if they're doing the wrong thing. I think that's a great first yeah. step. He's already one, a good enough coach. One kid, I already forgot his name. He's gone. He yeah. got sent home. He got sent home, and then he ent entered the transfer portal. Well, yeah. it, you know that, what? that's on you, kid. Yep. Um, he got sent home, I believe he was either late for practice or – uh, it, it has something to do with uh, some sort of, let's just say, work ethic. Well, either way, he's out of the house. You don't have to worry about him. Whoever picks him up in the transfer portal, <laughs> you'll be their problem from now on. And we'll talk a little bit about college football a little bit after we touch on some of the NFL because, you know, the cuts have been made. We talked about it yesterday. But news today, the Patriots, I mean, they resigned. The two quarterbacks they cut away. <laughs> you mentioned again my cheaper views, man. There was no, re it wasn't done for no reason. What Bill Belichick did, leaving Matt Jones as the only quarterback in the quarterback room. Yeah, I, I said he had he had something in the works. I didn't know it was that though. Then he <laughs> signed up for cheaper talking? or something. He's like, look, I'll bring you guys back, but you're gonna have to take a, a smaller contract, less salary, a salary cut. 
And I guess they agreed to it. I don't know. It's but, not even that. They're coming back for the practice squad. So he still, oh, in effect, needs a quarterback to back up Mac Jones. Now, he could go to the practice squad and get one of those quarterbacks if it's an emergency. Well, if you're the only quarterback on the roster, somebody else takes him first. Anything that happens to them is an emergency. So you're going to have to travel with your your travel squad quarterbacks or your practice yeah. squad quarterbacks. And well, plus, anybody can pick them up if they wanted. Well, you know what? In Zappe's case, people wanted him. He actually opted to come back to New England. That leads me to believe that there was probably some type of a negotiation made or some type of a agreement that was come to, you know, before he was cut. Okay, we're going to cut you. It's business. You hopefully, hopefully you know it and we'll bring you back. So don't worry about the other teams that may be interested in you once we let you go. Well, it did happen. Malik Cunningham, I don't know if he had the same overtures, but he came back as well on the practice squad, a quarterback slash receiver. I remember him at Louisville. I remember thinking a little bit about Lamar Jackson, not as dynamic, not as explosive, but he was a better passer, in my opinion, when he had Tyler Harrell, who eventually ended up transferring and going to Alabama. Now he's in Miami. But, yeah, I mean, two quarterbacks on the roster, one possibly being a dual threat as either a quarterback in an emergency situation as a third-string quarterback and Malik Cunningham possibly playing wide receiver, doing what Julian Edelman did coming out of Kent State wide receiver and the pros as a quarterback in college. And when he was in college at Kent State, the best athlete on the field almost every time they played one of those MAC teams. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You can't you can't have one quarterback on the roster. <laughs> um, we talked about it yesterday. But uh, Belichick, like I mentioned yesterday, he has – he has some plan. We don't know what it is, but uh, he's starting to show a little bit of it. We'll just wait and see. Yeah, other quarter, other coaches probably couldn't pull that off. I mean, you know, other coaches just can't make decisions like that because they don't have the goodwill. You know, maybe Andy Reid, but he wouldn't do that with Patrick Mahomes. But looking at what Bill Belichick did and looking at what Zappé did last season, I mean, five touchdowns, three interceptions. He won two games. You would think that's exactly what you want to see when you, at the time, didn't know what you really had in terms of the long term when it came to Mac Jones. I mean, you're talking a very good quarterback, or at least the trajectory to be a very good quarterback if you look at his college days and the huge numbers he put up there. And then thinking about Cerebral, a 35 with the Wonder League. I mean, not necessarily Ryan Fitzpatrick's 48, but he's definitely up there with some of the more intelligent quarterbacks in NFL history. And so you would think, based on the wins, based on the numbers, and then we also mentioned the the fumbles last uh, yesterday with the fumble four, fumbles, lost three. That probably caught the eye of Bill Belichick, but he brought him back. So much ado about nothing. Yeah, pretty much. The, you, you know, you, you broke it down, so he's probably the number two guy. Yeah. But um, uh, until he's not on the practice squad <laughs> – <laughs> hey, you know what? The Patriots have their way of doing it. They call it the Patriot way, and this is the way Bill Belichick is doing it right now without a <clears throat> in court. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I, the more time passes, it seems like it was pretty much the Brady way. Yeah, you and know I what? do not like Tom Brady. It, it, it probably it, was. It seems that way. 
I thought so from the beginning because he didn't start winning until Mo Lewis hits Tom, uh, hits Drew Bledsoe and brings in Tom Brady, and the legend begins from there because there was skepticism about Bill Belichick. Even at that point, he was on the hot seat. So if he kept losing with Drew Bledsoe, they both would have been out of there. So Tom Brady saved his career. Tom Brady's won with him. Tom Brady has won without him. So the common denominator, we already know. But there's still respect given because those same defenses were out there coached by Bill Belichick. And we know that at least, if nothing else, he is a defensive mastermind. He's done it with the Jets. He's done it with the Giants. He's done it with the Cheater. Patriots. And, and, well, you know, maybe a little bit of that, too. Cheater. But, hey. As we Bella see, Cheat, Bella Cheat, you know, hearing that nickname, Bella Cheat. Patriots fans probably won't like that, but there are a whole, a whole lot of people who believe that that is true. And so, well, we'll see what the Patriots turn out to he be. He should have cheated there. with the Browns. With the Browns? He should have <laughs> cheated with the Browns. How much cheating? Because I remember he, he went for that ridiculously long field goal. I can't remember how long it was, but it was something that was not going to happen. He just went for it anyway. They were already behind. I guess he just wanted to do something <laughs> defiant. And probably as a result, the reason why he wasn't in Cleveland much longer. But, yeah, well, we'll see. You can only do that if you have Justin Tucker as your kicker. Justin Tucker. Well, Justin Tucker was a good kicker. No, I'm saying you can only do that if oh. Justin Tucker is your kicker. Yeah. Try Justin something crazy, like a 60-some yarder with two seconds on the clock. Or when you had the grammaticas running amok in the NFL. You know, they had to <laughs> – Big legs for little one guys. of them got hurt celebrating, man. Yeah, I think it was um Martin. I know there was Martin and there was Bill Grammatica, but they were hell of a kick, hell of a kicker. Yeah, but hey, I remember I remember Martin at uh Kansas State. I never cared for him. Yeah, oh he he kicked the hell out of the ball. I think he might even hit a 67 yarder before when he was at Kansas State, but I believe they used a the pancake back then. They don't obviously don't use that anymore, but in the <laughs> NFL. It continues to go on, and guess who returns to the NFL? Joe Burrow. He suffered a calf injury. I believe it was in July 27th or somewhere around there, and they said he would be out for a few weeks. Well, these are several weeks later. He's back and just in time as the season is about to take off next week. Yeah, that's a good sign for, for the Bengals. Obviously, you don't want to start the season without a Joe Cool, one of the best quarterbacks in the in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, you you start off without your 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 badass quarterback, things can get go wrong in a hurry. You know, so mm-hmm. it's good uh, for them that he's back. Um, hopefully, he's one hundred percent healthy. He's gonna have to prove it on the field, but it's not like he's a running quarterback anyway. Um, but a calf muscle, you you need your legs to throw. Yep. So yeah, hopefully, again, hopefully he's one hundred percent. He's able to make his throws, move around. Um, as he normally would, and we'll see how the Bengals can do. We'll see how he does. Dropping back, planting, driving when you're throwing, you know, all of that goes into play. But, you know, I I think – Running away from a defender when he breaks through. (laughs) Which will happen when that offensive line breaks down. I think there have been people out there who've been saying he's injury prone. How is he injury prone? I mean, since he has gotten his knee injured and came back, he hasn't missed any games. And he's been pretty damn good. I mean, I'm not going to say if he ended his career today, he would be a Hall of Famer because the career is just too short. But based on the numbers and his performance up until now, those are Hall of Fame-esque type of performances up until now. 
He just has to do a few more of those and not even really win a Super Bowl. He just needs to continue doing what he's doing and easily first battle Hall of Famer. But nevertheless. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people would be injury prone if they got hit and sacked as much as he did behind that offensive line. Yeah. I mean, that Super Bowl, man, I felt bad for him. He was getting, he was getting his ass whooped that game. But he still, he still put up numbers. You know, he still did his job. And after the game, you know, to his credit, uh, he didn't throw the offensive line under the bus. No. So I don't, I don't know. You know, everyone has haters nowadays, but Joe Burrow shouldn't have any. That dude, he goes out there, he plays his ass off. And if anybody had a had a had a reason to throw their offensive line under the bus, it, it was him. Joe Burrow, and he yeah. didn't do it. You know, he's a classy guy. So, I, I nothing but respect for me. Yeah, he I didn't my hit list. I I know he'll never be on the hit list until he's on another team's hit list. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I tell you, when it comes to Joe, when he left Ohio State, I kind of took it. I didn't know what to think. Um, you know, anytime a player leaves, even though we're in the transfer portal age, I think about you're running from competition. I remember years ago when Joe Flacco left Pittsburgh because he lost a battle against Tyler Palco, who eventually became Pittsburgh's quarterback. Joe Flacco goes to Delaware and the, the Blue Hens, and I'm like, he ran away from competition. You just don't like that kind of a thing. But you also don't know the politics that may go into that as well. And then he eventually becomes an NFL player, gets himself a Super Bowl. I know some people said that he was one of the worst Super Bowl winning quarterbacks ever. Bro, he was Trent Dilfer, anyone? But he goes in and he played well enough to win a Super Bowl, had an excellent defense to run with him. And, you know, he's he's damn a damn good quarterback and had an excellent NFL career because of it. Joe Burrow, I thought running from Ohio State, and it probably wasn't that. It might have been some politics. Going down to LSU, he didn't do that well in his first year there. He, did, he started coming along later on, and I think he started getting comfortable. And then in his senior year, we already know what happened. I mean, record setting, just the overall team, let alone what he was doing. And then when he became the it was number like a video game. That's what it was. And when he became the number one pick overall, I had a little bit more confidence knowing, okay, we've seen number one picks overall fail before, especially at quarterback Tim Couch, Jamarcus Russell. We have a number of quarterbacks you can just throw out there. I didn't think he would be a bust. I thought even just being a solid quarterback would be good. This guy, way above expectations, even as a number one pick right now, all he needs is a Super Bowl rate. Yeah, if they can keep him upright, he's going to perform. Yes, he's going, he to, he's going to march that team up and down the field. Now, you know, well, the Bengals, well, they are along with the Buffalo Bills and along with now, I guess, the Jets with Aaron Rodgers. We still need to see how it happens during the regular season. And you're still talking about the defending champions, Kansas City. Uh, you know, you have your cream of the crop right there, and I'm not even including the Jets. I'm just talking about Buffalo right now as it stands if Stephon Diggs stops the sabotage and Kansas City and Cincinnati. That's it on the AFC side and then everything else, and everyone else could battle and try to make, you know, become that, <clears throat> that group. But, yeah, you know, yeah. A, su a surprise could be your team, the Jaguars. You know, they're, they're – We had a team down here, yeah. I was thinking about they're, the Jaguars. They're in a weaker division. Mm -hmm. um, if they handle business, who knows? Maybe they come out with the number one and number two seed because the East is going to – they're going to uh, beat each other up.
Mm-hmm. You know, Kansas City, they have rivalries with the Raiders, even though the Raiders suck. You never know. The Raiders might luck up and win one. They got to deal with the Chargers and Herbert. Yeah. Um, you, hey, you know, I think the Jaguars have uh, an advantage schedule-wise anyway. So a, a home field advantage could be big in the playoffs. Oh, and they've already proven even last season they can go on the road and cause some problems too. And looking at the Jaguar team, Trevor Lawrence is a legitimate franchise quarterback now, and he was a year ahead of the schedule. As I've always said, you know, you wait until the third year for a quarterback to see where he's probably going ahead if you want to really commit to that long-term contract if they start the moaning and groaning. He's already there. So the only thing he can do is get even better in his third year or regress. I think the way things are going and now the weapons that he has with Calvin Ridley coming to the Jaguars from Atlanta, a former first-round pick, a dynamic, legitimate number one player, Christian Kirk, who was their number one, but is legitimately a number two coming from Arizona, played last season, was their number one receiver because of, well, there wasn't anything else there at the receiver spot. Luckily, Ingram at tight end picked up the slack and got himself a contract because of it. That offense in total is going to be something to watch. I'll let people know right now, this Jaguar offense with Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball to Calvin Ridley, then Ingram, and then Travis Etienne between the tackles and outside the backfield, and Tank Big, uh, Bigley, Bigby coming in out of Auburn, man, there's a there's a whole lot going on with that offense. So who who has the better season, Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson? Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. Just just asking because they're, they're both Clemson, and we talked about Deshaun. Oh yeah, Watson. you know what? And that's true. I forget all about that. But Trevor Lawrence, I mean, he has everything he needs to succeed. Not that Cleveland doesn't right now or Deshaun Watson doesn't. I just think the ceiling is higher for Trevor Lawrence, not even pedigree-wise. Just sometimes you just got to admit the player is better. And at this point in their careers, Trevor Lawrence is better. And I don't even think it has anything to do with Deshaun Watson missing time. He's the better talent. There's a reason why he went number one overall, the better talent. And there were a number of teams that would have taken him at that same spot if they had an opportunity. The Jets included who blew it. But, yeah, but, <laughs> oh, God. And, and if you're going to talk about the Jets. At least your Jets are on hard knocks this year. Is that even a good thing when your oh, team is highlighted? You start going out of personality. You know, you start going out of character, creating a personality, and then you go into <laughs> the season thinking you're better than what you really are. Uh, I don't know. But, hey, back to the NFL talk. The Green Bay Packers claims that they were serious about their interest in Jonathan Taylor, which doesn't matter anymore. It's just a, a just something to be said now because he's right. going to be on the pup list for the Indianapolis Colts. But would it have made any difference? Jordan Love is the answer you really need right now, and a, a running back would be solid. But, I mean, I don't think he would have made any real difference. We'll never know, I guess. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand the, the point of of saying, "Man, we almost had him. We almost had him." What good does that do? I mean, you're trying to send a message to your fans. We're trying to get better. We we trying to make this move. We just couldn't make it happen. I, I don't know. Um, um, in the roundabout way, it could be helping the coach saying, "Look, we think highly of you. These guys wanted you, but they didn't give us enough. You know, we wanted a lot." Uh, I just don't see the point. Who cares? Who brings it up like that? Exactly. Yeah, you didn't get it. I mean, you didn't get him. 
why, why talk about it uh, other than to uh, express to your fans that you're trying to to do better, I guess. I don't know. Well, taking the pressure off of Jordan Love because all the talk is about him. He says he's ready. What else is he supposed to say? I'm not ready, but the season's coming whether you're ready or not. And, you know, the time of this year, now that all the cuts happen all at once, it gives teams a chance to release some of these players just in times for them to land with other teams and kind of get them into the transition with other teams if they're picked up. And Matt Corral was a surprising but reasonable uh, cut that I believe the Carolina Panthers made because he would have been sitting behind Bryce Young, who's the number one pick overall, and he's going to have his growing pains. But Matt Corral, I believe, is going to be a pretty damn good quarterback in this league if he gets a chance with another team. I would like to see him get a chance with a legitimate chance there instead of behind someone who's brought in like Bryce Young to save a franchise like he was with Carolina. Right. You know, there there's some uh, fraudulent quarterbacks out there. Uh, and they have two in Dallas. Um, we'll and see if Russell true. Wilson if Russell Wilson has a bounce back here, or if he doesn't. Denver's looking for a quarterback. You know, there's there's some teams out there that could use a lot of help behind center. Yeah, and, and I can see that. But Matt Cor- um, Corral, I thought he was good at Ole Miss. I thought he was so- very solid at Ole Miss playing in the SEC. I thought he would be something as a third round pick in. Carolina, but I guess Carolina had an offer they couldn't refuse, and that offer was Bryce Young being available at the number one pick, someone they traded up to go get, kind of slapping Matt Corral in the face, but he also had a pretty good preseason, even though preseason doesn't matter, and when he had the preseason he had with any other team, he's still on the roster, but with this team and what they have at the number one spot, you would like to give this young guy a chance to go somewhere else. Maybe if Jameis Winston, as you spoke about yesterday, going somewhere else, he can slide into that um, New Orleans spot. You know, other moves would obviously have to be made. But I think Denver, I wasn't thinking Carr would have to fail first. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Carr would have to fail or get injured, which he hasn't done much of in his career, even behind that brutal uh, Raiders line. But I think Corral going to somewhere like Denver behind Russell Wilson, that might be something with Sean Payton, who knows how to deal with young quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, quarterbacks could learn a lot under Sean Payton. Mm-hmm. Um, they could learn a lot from Russell Wilson. He he may not be able to to do the things he used to do, but he still has it up here. You know, yeah. If he's willing to share it, and you know, impart that knowledge on on a younger quarterback, that would be a good situation. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I mean, you know, there's just certain players I kind of nitpick, whether it's with my team or not, or someone I've watched since they were high schoolers or even just had an affinity for them when they got to college. And you feel that they're not getting the opportunity you believe they deserve. Obviously, the coaches know more. But, you know, he's one of those guys. I want to see land somewhere and do do pretty well wherever he goes. Hopefully, he's just not stuck. And if he ends up being a backup because he can't beat out a player, I can live with that. But – so he and Bryce Young, without Bryce Young getting hurt, he's probably not going to get an opportunity at all. Well, but, I was going to ask you, like, how committed are they to Bryce Young being their full-time quarterback right now? I mean, what if he just goes out there and wets the bed, you know, week after week after week, and they're 0-4, and, 
you know, has a QBR of like 52 or what, you know what I mean? A low completion percentage and a bunch of interceptions, you know, they, they might say, Hey, he's not ready. Or, yeah, well, or they're you know, going to say, this is your job. You have the keys, you know, drive the, drive the vehicle. Um, now, I, don't I, think know. This, I think this is what they had in mind. They had to, I think we can't be the only ones who know this. This has to be either, Carolina fans who know this, obviously people who are paid to know it with in the office, in the upper management and ownership, they knew what they were doing when they declared him number one pretty much without competition. And they knew that the growing pains come along with it. And it's going to be a throwaway season. Whatever you can get out of him, it could be one of these Russell Wilson situations And when he went to Seattle and as a third-round pick became the starting quarterback. Well, this can be a lot of that way. But even if they don't do well, it's at least a learning experience. Hopefully there isn't too much trauma. Like with David Carr down in Houston when he just got sacked by anybody who wanted to sack him. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, so I think Bryce Young being the cerebral quarterback, the calm, relaxed quarterback, I think that he's going to do well for what they're expecting. I don't think he's going to regress. He's going to have his usual ups and downs as rookies have or even just regular quarterbacks who are still struggling as veterans in the NFL. And they, they signed up for that. And the second year is when they start twisting their neck and looking into free agency for a backup quarterback or, or a more valuable quarterback to back them up because the money's already spent. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I, – I wouldn't want my quarterback out there week after week playing poorly, my rookie right. quarterback, you know. Their their confidence could could leave them right away, you know, too fast, and it would take a lot of work for them to get it back. And you don't have the, they don't have the talent to help them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If he had all kind of weapons and and he struggled, we're like, well, well he's just struggling. But, <laughs> um, you know, if they don't have the talent to help him, it, it's it's a problem. It's a real he's problem. the weapon. That's what he's the <laughs> weapon on that team. They started with him. He's the building block. And you know, I have a lot. Another one of those players I have some expectations for as well. Someone who I didn't believe in completely when he got to Alabama, and then when I got a chance to see him up front, close and personal in Atlanta when Miami was damaged by him and the rest of the Alabama team, and then seeing his subsequent games, he handles himself well. I mean, he's diff- definitely a difference maker. It doesn't go away because they're NFL players now. He's still one of these laid-back, calm, cool, collected players. He reminded me a lot of what Charlie Ward was in college when he, he was just so calm in the pocket. But now we're going to get a chance to see in the NFL what Bryce Young is really all about. So we'll find out, obviously, very soon with Carolina and Bryce Young. But also something to find out, Michael Thomas, there's been some news about him coming in New Orleans. Coming back from all of these injuries he's had, he's talking about all of the surgeries he's had and the hardware that was put into his body to fix himself up. And his body rejected some of the hardware. You know, I got some hardware in my ankle because I played semi-pro ball. I have a a metal plate. I had six screws. I have a metal plate and six screws. It's all biodegradable now because it doesn't ring at the freaking airport anymore. So everything's good. But... You know what? It's still a pain in the butt on occasion. This guy is still in the NFL. He's he's had multiple surgeries. He just talked about his body rejecting some of these hardware or some of this hardware put into him, you know, to help him help mend him. Yeah, 
I mean, it, it would be a great story for him to come back. Hopefully, you know, he he's healthy, gets an opportunity, and takes advantage of that opportunity. There's not much more he can ask for, you know. Yeah. Um, hopefully, he doesn't sustain another injury. Um, you, you know, you 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 want to root for somebody like that who sustains a major injury or multiple injuries and works hard, works their ass off, and come back. You know, so good luck to him. Hopefully, uh, he's able to perform, take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, over 1,700 yards receiving when he was there, and he just fell off the face of the map. I mean, everyone was talking about him when he was playing and doing well. Injuries do, does that to you, you know, and hopefully he does come back. New season, new team. Jimmy Graham old came back. Kind of <laughs> turning back the clock. Band's getting back it. together. You know what I mean? All, all these guys, I mean, you really have to go into that locker room and put some tape around these guys to have a team. And they're all, all banged up, but they're all banged up, being gay, everything. And so Michael Thomas back in the NFL, someone else who's been in the NFL, back in the NFL, got a big contract in 2022 of over $120 million. Vaughn Miller, also on the pup. He can't come back into the fourth game of the season or after the fourth game of the season. Well, Vaughn's a Hall of Famer. We already know that part. Yeah. But at this age, is he still going to be effective, still having these severe injuries? He's not having little injuries anymore. These are big injuries. Right. You know, he's up in age now, and the injuries are happening more frequently. He's missing the first four weeks. Um, and do we know he'll even be ready for week five? Um, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, we don't know how much he has left, but he's definitely on the back nine, if not on the way to the clubhouse. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and he has, I don't think, other than the money that's been paid to him, hey, this is the NFL. If he can get all of the money, I'll be happy for him because they don't right. give, as you know, they don't give a crap about you. Right. If you get injured and they didn't pay you enough, you know, they'll try to, you know, they'll tell you everything, but dollars and cents aren't matching up. But, yeah, let's see how Vaughn ends up after he comes off of the pup list. And going back to uh, Trey Lance, he talked about having a smile on his face when he ends up going to the Dallas Cowboys. He was happy to leave San Francisco. He's acting like San Francisco treated him a certain kind of way. He just wasn't good enough. <laughs> I mean, get out of here with that. Well, I mean, is that code for, well, I knew the guys were better than me in San Francisco. But I got a shot in Dallas. Yeah, that's probably true too. He Who knows? Like, hey, hey, that could be cold. Where hey, people people argue Dak this, Dak that, but I don't think much of Dak. I'm gonna take Dak's job. Yeah, but you know I'm what? Gonna... And the way Dak has looked in the preseason, that job may be available. I mean, you don't bring in a player like Trey Lance, even though he hasn't done anything, but the talent is still there if he can stay healthy. I don't know if the air in Dallas is different than the air in San Francisco to where injuries happen. But if he gets an opportunity there, I don't even know what to think when he does go and plays for Dallas if the opportunity does come. I haven't seen enough of him to know whether he'll be good or not. I just see right. – well, in fact, what I've seen of him tells me he isn't. That's why he's traded. Yeah, but, well, I mean, who who's running Dallas now? Is it Jerry Jones? It's Jerry Jones, right? He's running. Jerry Jones, I, you know, yeah. Because I, I was going to say, you know, Dal Dallas traded for him for a reason, but I mean, Jerry, you know, like Jerry I put out on the on our uh, Facebook page, uh, 
Owners named Jerry nowadays, man. I don't know. You got Jerry Jones, <laughs> Jerry Reinsdorf, um, Jerry Jones. <laughs> well, I said Jerry, Jerry Jones first. Um, hey, somebody needs to like kind of nudge him over to the side and take over because Dallas hasn't won anything since the nineties. Yeah, uh, they've been sticking with Dak, and maybe now they're they're trying to send a message to Dak: get your get your act together. <laughs> or, or we're gonna replace you with the guy who's just as bad as you. I don't know. I mean, and I mentioned it yesterday about how I don't know if it's a North Dakota state thing. I don't believe that's the case. I just believe it's someone reaching too far. John Lynch, who I gave a lot of credit for for being an executive that knew what he was doing, and he's proven that part. But he really missed it taking uh, Trey Lance so early even though he had limited experience. I don't know what you saw in these workouts that just blew your mind that didn't match up on the videotape. I mean, typically the videotape should be enough and everything workout-wise should be the confirmation. But they missed it and you're allowed to miss it. It's not an exact science. We've seen enough bust in the NFL to know that Tom Brady going as late as he did could have been the number one pick overall and still been a value pick based on what he's done in the NFL. But, yeah, let's shut that NFL down for right now because we're going to have more than enough of that to talk about as these teams finally settle into who they are and the shenanigans that people in New England are doing with this quarterback situation kind of works itself out. Because college football is here. And for you, we mentioned about it, Nebraska, just one day away playing against the Minnesota Gophers. A solid going gopher hunting. Huh? Going gopher hunting. Gopher hunting. Yeah, well, you know what? We'll get a chance to see that tomorrow. I mean, some real college football, a full week of college football, not just week zero or zero week of college football, special games, good games, a lot of games to be had. But before those games do start, these big teams had to announce who their quarterbacks were going to be. Ohio State is one of those teams that had to make the announcements. Obviously, TJ uh, CJ uh, Stroud down with the Houston Texans now. Kyle McCord gets denied at Ohio State. Devin Brown, the sophomore, is going to be a backup, but they, a day says that he will get a chance to play in the game as well against Indiana. You can probably do that against Indiana. It wouldn't be the same if it was if it was a bigger team. But Kyle McCord, I guess, earned his place on the team to take over for C.J. Stroud. And let's see what this Ohio State team can do moving forward. Yeah, you know, especially in the NFL, there's a lot of uh, running backs by committee. You do. You don't ever want to have quarterbacks by committee, so I, I don't see the point in, in naming a starter, but saying uh, the backup's going to get some reps too. Um, you mentioned it's Indiana. Still, it's, it's a Big Ten team. Yep, yeah, they'll win handily, but I, I think I don't know what message he's trying to send. I'm thinking that you know, in this age of transfer portal you almost have to coddle these guys. You know someone's going to be upset, and we know whoever the backup is, Devin Brown, is probably feeling a certain kind of way. You want to at least give him a chance to go out there, do what he can do, but, even if it causes a buzz about number one and number two. You know, you, you just what's wanna... the point? If he plays, let's say he gets 15 snaps against Indiana, doesn't get any snaps against Wisconsin, no snaps against Michigan, no snaps, you know what I mean? No snaps against Iowa or whoever. That 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 coddling ain't gonna last long. Well, I think if, will, you know he's trying he's trying to build. It's not gonna go very far. Well, if nothing else at all, 
he and Kyle McCord could play in this game, and Kyle may set himself apart so far to where Devin may have to just eat it, and the fans will know it so there won't be as much controversy about it. I don't believe there's any controversy now, and I believe there may be something behind Kyle McCord being named the starter, not only knowing the playbook better, being a better quarterback overall, but he was teammates with Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. So there's a connection there, you know, going into that game, and I think that familiarity that that goes deeper than just being on a football field, I think there may be something to that. Maybe that was a deciding factor. Years That's ago, if you go back way back, Michigan had that same scenario. Elvis Gerbeck and Desmond Howard played for the same St. Joseph High School, and they played in college together. I mean, so, you know, it worked out for them. Desmond got himself a Heisman Trophy out of it at the end of the day. So maybe that familiarity is probably one of the deciding factors. I'm thinking, obviously, it's more than that. But that also probably contributed to making him the starter as well. And Georgia, the defending national champs, two-time defending national champs, going on their quest for the three-peat. It hasn't been done since Minnesota. The Gophers did it right before World War II. They're going to try to do it this time on Division 1A football. And it's going to be difficult only because a new quarterback, but a quarterback who's been in the system long enough, behind a two-time national champion in Stetson Bennett. And that's Carson Beck. He's going to be sitting behind Stetson Bennett for the last two years, who's won a national championship. He knows the playbook, has been in the system. So it's not like he doesn't have any experience at all. He In the spring, he impressed obviously Kirby Smart. And now he's going into the regular season. An easier schedule than even last year, what was thought to be an easier schedule. And they may go undefeated until they meet likely Alabama in the SEC championship game. You know, he could look good all season long, but then when those bright lights come on in that big game, that's when you have to get it done. And we don't know if he'll be able to do it. And that's true. You know, you could be in all of those cathedral stadiums that the SEC has, and you could watch Stetson Bennett prevail two years in a row and you can get used to the atmosphere through his lens. But when it's you behind the center and they're yelling at you on the road or they're cheering you on and getting you nervous at home and you know what's going to happen if you lose that big one at home, you might not come back to your living dog. Hey, that's the pressure that comes with you. It comes with it. I mean, so yeah, there's a lot to be said about that, but Georgia has an opportunity to do something in modern football history that hasn't been done on the one a level. Appalachian State did it on the one AA level. I think the Pittsburgh Gorillas did it on the Division II level. If not them, I believe it might have been North the Alabama. Who would you say? The McGilla Gorillas? <laughs> the Pittsburgh Gorillas. <laughs> yeah, man, going way back. It might have been, but I, I think um, <laughs> North Alabama, you know, the, the school of Ronald McKinnon, my, uh, I think they might have done it as well. But, yeah, Georgia, I'm looking forward to watching them play. I'm not a Georgia fan, but I don't hate them either. I'm not an Alabama fan, but I don't hate them either. There are other teams that I reserve my hate for, and we'll talk about that sometime throughout the season. Jalen Daniels, the quarterback for uh, Kansas, the Jayhawks, who was injured last year when he was on fire, a Heisman Trophy candidate, is coming back. The preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, he's coming back, even though he had somewhat of a back injury. So um, are they ignoring injuries now because they feel he's all right, or is he really okay? They're just mentioning the back. Heck, if I know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not there. 
Uh, we just have to go on, you know, what they say. They say he's back and he's out on the field, then he's back. Um, you know, but only he can say how he feels. Only the doctors can say if he's, you know, from x-rays or whatever, if he's healed. Um, like I said, I don't I have no idea. Well, he did come back for the bowl season last year through 544 yards and five touchdowns, even though they still lost to Arkansas. But he did show some flashes of what he was doing before he was injured. So obviously something to be said about that. So let's see. The Big 12, not exactly a real competitive conference this year, even with Oklahoma and Texas in there. They'll be looking forward to going to the SEC. They claim they want to have a swan song ending in the Big 12 and win a championship there and then probably try to get into the national championship game. All hopes and dreams. But Jalen Daniels, definitely a, a solid, solid player and an exciting player to watch. Hopefully he is 100% so people can't continue to see him play the way he sees, the, the way he plays. And also, and probably finally, Noah Lyles, the track and field guy, 100 meters, 200 meters, 4 by 100 gold medalist, has beef with the NBA saying or asking why are they calling themselves world champs when they haven't played anyone outside or the winning team hasn't played anyone outside of the United States to call themselves world champs. As we know, track runners, you know, they run all over the world. So when they do win, they're beating people from all over the world. So they are the world champs. Do you have any beef with that? Who said that? that Noah Lyles. Who? Yeah, that guy. Noah freaking Lyles. No one knows him but every four years. And I don't believe it was the last Nothing years. to see here. I mean, whatever. They've been saying they're world champions forever. Who cares? They, they won the NBA title. Whether you recognize them as the best in the world, does it matter? They're... I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think it's all all to do about nothing. He's just whining from just to whine. Um, and what 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 did the NBA ever do to him? You know, you know what? Did he, did he get cut from a roster because he wasn't good enough, or is he just salty about the term world champion? Because what what about the NFL? What about baseball? You know, the MLB they don't go around playing the Japanese. Or, or the Koreans or the Germans or the Mexicans, Dominicans, they, they all play in the United States, but they call themselves world champions. So is he, is he exclusively attacking the NBA or is it all world champions? Well, I think the NBA, the players, when he specifically said the NBA, a lot of NBA players took exception. They've gone to social media and they responded to him. You know, they let them know a few things, but, you know, and then there's some people who agree saying, you know what, well, that's, that's right. Well, my contention is if you took an NBA champion and you played any team around a freaking world, they're going to win. And this includes play teams that have that foreign player like Jokic. He would stay on this Denver team and he would continue to play against these other teams around the world because this is the Denver team from the NBA. It's not going to be yeah. FIBA when everybody kind of goes to their neutral corners and play for their teams. You know, Giannis playing for Greece. It's not going to be that way. They will be on that team that won the championship in the NBA, and that team will beat, and not only beat, blow out any team in the world. I in a, It won't go to seven games. You know, it'll be yeah, a, I agree with that. And I, and I was going to say, all the best players come to the United States to play in the, in the NBA. There might yeah. one, be one or two guys who they're still kind of young or whatever, but eventually all the best talent comes to the NBA. Exactly. So, 
the world talent is in the NBA. So, yeah. um, I mean, I hear what he's saying. The the Nuggets didn't play um, Serbia. They didn't play Yugoslavia. They didn't play Nigeria. But they're players from – where's you, uh, Jokic from? He's uh, from I, Europe. He's from Europe. Um, what's the um, – I think Serbia, well – Luke is from Serbia. Yeah. Is it Serbia? Yeah. 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 The best player in the league is from freaking Serbia. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, whatever. You want is semantics or whatever. Both sides. You can say they're not world champions because they didn't do this. They can say they are world champions because everybody from the, from the, the best players from around the world come and play here. So, in the grand scheme of things, does it matter? Nope, it doesn't. I think he just wanted to say something. I don't know about being he, relevant. I mean, uh, look, he just, he just wants some. He just wants some attention. Just Olympics like all them, just like all them trolls out there on the internet with low self esteem, trying to make themselves feel better. They just want attention. He just well, wants he got, attention. He got himself some gold medals. You know, the two hundred and four by one hundred and one hundred. Hey, this guy, he's out there getting it. But come on, worry about your own sport. Why even? put any glare, more of a glare on track and field than needs to happen because between track and field and cycling, the two dirtiest sports of all time, filthy, it's just a matter of time before he pops and I'm sure they'll be going to social media to get him. The NBA players will come back. It's a matter of time. I mean, as a fun fact, the last 30, the last 30 times that a record has been set in the in a, in track and field, 21 of those people have popped dirty at some point in their career. Thir 21 out of 30. The other nine, Usain Bolt, the only one who hasn't. <laughs> That's craziness. So right. it's just a matter of time. Going by the numbers, we'll be hearing Noah Lyle's name for something other than talking about the NBA. So that's just track and field for you. So I think that kind of comes to a conclusion. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to talk about Ben Simmons a little bit. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you know what? Is this gonna be rent? Is this? Gonna, are you going in? It, on this it's gonna, it's gonna be laid back. It, it's not. We don't have to put him in the crosshairs. I, I'm just <laughs> tired of him, man. Every summer, it seems like just like Julio Cesar Chavez when he was, when he was fighting consistently. For some reason, I don't know. I followed him on Instagram. Junior, Junior, Julio Cesar Chavez Junior. Yeah, yeah. I followed him on Instagram. And he would post these videos of himself working out. Yeah, I got this fight coming up. Look at me, I'm working out. And then, you know, here comes the 24-7. He's walking around in his underwear eating cereal. Like, damn, man, all them videos, he, he he's just putting on the charade. Every summer, Ben Simmons, he's in the gym, shooting threes, splashing threes, working on his game. Uh-oh, he's shooting threes now. He's, he's a different player. Season starts. His man's in the paint, daring him to shoot the ball. And he's looking around and passes because he's scared to shoot. It, don't talk about it. Be about it. He's saying he's a different player. He's working on his game. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not accepting it. Not until you prove it on the court. Again, don't talk about it. Be about it. Until you go out there and you prove you're a different player, prove you can make a jump shot, Prove you, you're not afraid to go to the free throw line. You can hit a 14-footer, not even a long jumper, a 15-footer, a free throw, free throw distance jumper. Until you start doing that consistently, just shut up. Just shut the hell up. I'm tired of it. 
tell you what, I think that's just a mental block for him. It has to be because his game and his skill, obviously, if you're an NBA player, your skill set is so high. You can splash that when there's no one covering you. You can do that in practice or working on your own. But in the game is where all the things seem not to come together for him. There's a disconnect when there's another NBA player in front of him. He's afraid to shoot, as you said. It's a mental thing for him. And, and it doesn't just go away unless you probably have a hypnotist. Maybe so. I was going to suggest a sports psychologist. But, I mean, it's not like he. this is his second season, his third season. He's been around for a good amount of years yeah, now. Yes. And every summer, uh, he's he's splashing threes in the gym, splashing threes. Do, do it in the game, bro. Do it in the game. Stop talking about it. Well, Ben Simmons, it seems like you escaped the crosshairs, but you still got something anyway. It's like the storm over here. We <laughs> escaped the eye, but we still got the outer bands. So, yeah, Ben Simmons got the well, outer you, bands. Well, you know, he, he's he's a little sensitive. He's a little sensitive. I didn't want to go all in on him. I just wanted yeah. to state my opinion on him talking about it and not going out there and proving it. You know, he needs to go out there and prove it. A sensitive NBA player or even athlete in 2023, that's not ever going to work. Too much out there to come after you for you to be sensitive. You know, you, man. Well, anyway, that's how it ends with Ben Simmons. <laughs> Actually, this is the 50th episode. We're at the half century mark in terms of episodes. So with that said, we'll be seeing you tomorrow on our Friday and Nebraska's first day against the Minnesota Gophers. I didn't say Vikings. I said Gophers. And we'll see how that works out. But that game would happen after the show anyway. We'll talk about that on Monday. Peace.